One of us is back, at least. Welcome back. Episode number five, the BizX Podcast. We are officially one month old. Officially one month old. Uh, or according to the calendar, 36 days. Uh, according to Twitter, we're 148 followers old uh, that I looked earlier. Um, by the way, Twitter at BizX Podcast. Uh, and we're three platforms old. For listening, you can find us on iTunes. You can find us on Stitcher. You can find us on Google Play as of last week. Um, so a lot of cool things have come along in the first 36 days. Have a wonderful show tonight. Uh, I have a new guest we'll get to in a couple minutes as well. Uh, recapping a couple other things too. Uh, a couple hundred downloads. We're almost up to 250 listens, downloads. Not sure what that's called. Um, but again, check us out on any of those three, three platforms. Uh, we've introduced a couple subject matter experts. experts. We have one more tonight. Uh, we did Eli, who uh, talked about real estate a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, we got a professional logo, too. So if you haven't seen our website uh, or the Twitter feed, there's a professional brand new spanking new um, BizX podcast logo. Uh, what, what do we not have tonight? Here's what we do not have. Where in the world is Tannen Logie? Hey, hey, Nate. Tannen here. Tell you, I'm sorry I'm really missing it, uh, missing the podcast this evening, but I will be back in action next Thursday. We sure look forward to it. It's been a rough couple weeks of uh, the, the illness, but we are back in action. So, hope you're doing great, and we'll look forward to connecting with you next Thursday. Enjoy the podcast. Cheers. So, Tannen is out tonight, but uh, have no fear. Again, we have uh, some wonderful content with another wonderful guest. Uh, and that leads me to my next point before we get rocking and rolling on the show. Uh, we're going to introduce a contest for the first time on the BizX podcast history, a contest. So for the next two weeks, I want everybody to, actually before I get to that, um, I have a confession to make. I ate horribly today, um, but because I ate horribly, I got a fortune for dinner. Uh, the fortune says, uh, listen these next few days to your friends to get answers that you seek. So all of you listening are technically now my friends, and here's the contest. So over the next two weeks... Uh, you're going to rate us. You're going to go to iTunes. You're going to go to Stitcher. Go to Google Play. Uh, make a comment. Rate us. We'll randomly select a winner during episode seven, so two weeks from now, to win a, it's called uh, one of these. A little more to the right. Okay, more. That's it. Don't stop. Right there. That's wonderful. Hey, Park, what is that? Don't bother me now. We can't see I'm busy. Yeah, but what is that? It's a, it's a major award. A major award? Shucks, I wouldn't have known, Dad. It looks like a lamp. What well, is a lamp, you nincompoop? But it's a major award. I won it. 
Damn hell, you say you want it? Yeah. Yeah, mind power, sweet mind power. So we're not going to give away a leg lamp, but we will have a major award to be determined. Tune back in next week uh, to figure what that out is. But again, in the meantime, contest. Check out, rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. We'll randomly select a winner during an upco- or upcoming episode uh, number seven. Uh, fun show tonight. We got funny business headlines. But in the meantime, I want to bring in uh, my own friend, my own media tycoon, I'll call him. Uh, we'll call him uh, Cliff Dodge. How are you doing? I'm awesome. Thank you. What's up, mate? <laughs> nice to be here. Hey, thank you so much for coming and checking our little thing out. So uh, what's new? You know, it's just that busy time of the year for a school teacher where we're just swimming in projects that need to get finished before school ends. A lot of construction, and the weather's getting nice out, and I'd like to be outside. And you more. don't want to be in school anymore. Right. I know. Um, so I call, I'm going to call you Dodge. Absolutely. So just a, a quick story. Uh Dodge was my high school teacher for a class called Egan AM. Uh, we're going to tweet at you, Egan AM, too, so check out the BizX podcast. What's up, Eagles? What's up, Eagles, boo. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Dodge was my teacher for my, I think it was my soft junior, senior year? Junior year. Some, yeah. One of those two back in the day at Egan. And introduced a class called Egan AM, which is a multimedia class, which I think is where I kind of get my itch for some of this electronic podcasting media type stuff. Um, and, and quick story before we get started to embarrass you a little bit. Um, so my mom went in for parent-teacher conferences one of the years, and she said, you know, Cliff, what do you think Nate's going to be good at? And whatever. And you told her, you go, you know, I think Nate's going to be great at marketing. He's be great at, at branding himself, communications, and guess what happened? Right. Here I am, communications degree from U of M. I work in development jobs, and you called it from the start. Nice. <laughs> well, you know, I always tell people if you're not really – if your heart's not in doing TV news or TV sports, that you should really take your skills and move them into the marketing field. You know, go get your MBA, go work on masters in communications, masters in business, you know, reach that as your goal. And then anything you hit along the way gets you where you want to go. Even if you stop at a two year or four year, but you know, going into television means you need to want to live in television and look what you've done. (laughs) What have I done? (laughs) Um, So we're going to talk media tonight. Uh, and the you said before we started, you've listened to a few different episodes. So you kind of understand the the juxtaposition of the BizX podcast, kind of where it's coming from from a business perspective. Obviously, a couple of Yahoo Generation X guys doing this, but we want to explore different avenues of business tonight. Obviously, being media, you've been around it for so long. Give us kind of your quick story. Where'd you start? How'd you get into it? Why'd you get into it? Um, really, I kind of stumbled into it in college. I was standing in line. Um, ready to go in and in spring of visit during my high school year. And a guy walked in, he goes, are you here for the communications meeting? And I thought, yes, yes, I am. But actually prior to that, when I was a little kid, I was always into things like ham radio and CB radio. I thought it was interesting. Watched a lot of TV, um, but got my break in college. The first job I had was working in a TV studio and just keeping the doors open for people so they could come in and edit. And what I found out was I was pretty good at it. Yeah. Back in the days of three-quarter inch editing. I was say, not digital today. No, no. And it was just, uh, I was good at it. Found a job in Duluth working as a camera op, and then eventually a, a director directing the news. You know, when I was 19, 20 years old, thought I had my dream job. And yeah. <clears throat> found my way into, I think, the putting on a pair of headsets or yeah. intercom and dealing with people yeah. was a huge part of my future. Okay. And now it's working with kids doing that. Right, so, right, right. You know, the beginning, it all comes full circle. How's the uh, how's the business changed? 
Which television? Oh, all of it. Media yeah. in general. I mean, you've gone from public education to television, so private or public, back to education. Right. How's it changed? Well, there are two major format changes that have, that have changed the world. I mean, one of them was certainly going to HD. Oh, yeah. Because once things were HD, there's no forgiving. You and know? and I, not to interrupt your story and your mojo here, but um, so quick plug to my wife. And I don't know if your wife's the same way, but remember when HD televisions were first coming out? And guys, sporting events and everything. Oh, we, honey, we have to get an HD. You can right. see everything so much better. And they kind of sit back and go, well, but Grey's Anatomy doesn't look any better. Or, you know, name your favorite soap opera show. But anyway, it's the HD thing was funny. Right. And, you know, that was a big part for us because it, it changed the quality. And the game changed because you can buy a, a $1,000 camcorder that shot really good HD. Or, yeah. You know, shot it really well. Yeah. Um, I think the second change is really the, the transformation to digital. Because there's a difference between HD and digital. Yeah. Digital is the delivery. I mean, there's analog HD, and there's digital standard def. But it was that transference of, I can deliver anything to anywhere and view it anywhere. I mean, on a laptop or on a phone or any mobile device. Right. I mean, you can be in France. I was a summer, and I was sitting there watching videos on my phone from, you know, Facebook. <laughs> yeah. And, and posting videos to Facebook. And it was it was seamless. Yeah. You know, it was I paid the money every day to have that coverage. Right, but, right. Um, even 10 years ago, that was unheard of. So that, that transfer, everything moving digitally means we can have it anywhere and really fast. Yeah. Google Docs is an amazing thing. Being able to share documents through yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but in television, I think the big change is it used to be a crew of people. Mm-hmm. That's really eliminated down to like one or two people now, a specialist or a director that pushes the button on the screen instead yeah. of saying, take camera one. They just push camera one. Sure. And camera one then zooms in. Sure, sure. Um, why'd you go back and forth? Public TV back board new challenges you know there certainly was a there was some time where i had to weigh that because the the pay cut was going to be substantial okay Uh, i worked as a teacher for almost 10 years or as a technical specialist in school for 10 years right and then left for 10 years and went to work for a company alpha video yep i remember the name we you know we worked on designs of av systems and they could be as small as a classroom or as large as an entire district Mm -hmm. with theaters gymnasiums um of course, um, classroom AV, TV studios. Right. So working as a consultant, I really got to meet a lot of people. And again, I'm meeting new people, working with people, and, you know, tripled my salary. Yeah. So life was good. Yeah. But after, you know, a Salesman of the Year award, a couple of really nice bonuses. Rockstar. Yeah, trip to <laughs> Florida with the family. <laughs> I sort of, I realized that, you know, sitting on a beach in Newport, in California with a friend yeah. that we were out there for a conference. I just thought, you know, I'm not making a difference here. Mm. I'm making a living. Mm. And uh, the opportunity came up to return to schools in my town where my kids were going to go to school. Right. As the media person, I thought, well, gosh, I'm the best qualified for this job. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that was 10 years ago. So here I am now going. So you've been at Valley for 10? I have. Really? Yeah, I'm 51. Oh, I'm you're a young guy yet. But when I look at that change and why I did it, I think part of it is you think – School jobs, secure, yeah. live in that world. But, I mean, you can't be kept younger than working with a bunch of 14 through 17-year-old kids. Oh, yeah. I mean, They I keep mean, you on your toes. Right. Whether it's, you know, um, an artist, a musical artist, or a TV show that they're referring to, yeah. I'm, I'm hearing about it all the time. If I were working with people that were like me, yeah. you know, we'd all be talking about The Office or something. This right, is, right, right, right. <laughs> I, I know who Fetty Wap is. You know? yeah. I know who Fetty is, and I know who Lil Wayne is. Yeah met a couple of them over the years so it's kind of cool to tell those stories to kids super cool yeah. and let them go really and I'm like yeah here's a picture you know yeah. here's here's a t-shirt here's a selfie with ben folds right, right. <laughs> i remember seeing those yeah. um so one of the again the the brainchilds of the biz podcast was to 
share stories, share successes, failures, then learning from getting to success the next level. What are a couple of things that you could give back to someone listening to this who, again, kind of wants to get into media or to media or maybe is having challenges getting into media? Like what's helped you get to, to where you're at today? Obviously, it's, it's a it's a winding road like it is for everybody. What's right. a couple of things you can kind of give back to somebody to go, hey, maybe try this or hey, maybe try contacting this person at a station or what, what do you think? Well, that's a really good question. I, I think it's tough because it's situational okay. where you are, what market you're in, what you want, what you want to do. Yeah. Um, it all seems to boil down to writing and being a good storyteller. Um, I could sell you a story about the ducks at our school that are born every spring inside an enclosed area of our courtyard where the custodians have to let them out and carry them out in boxes. I mm-hmm. could sell you that story by telling you what a great story it is. Yeah. And it has nothing to do with me getting a job. But if I go into an interview and I'm trying to sell myself, if I'm so fortunate to get the interview for that job, yeah. I have to sell myself. I have to tell the story about who I am and why you need me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm unique. You need me. Yeah. And though I've never had to really go through a ton of job searching and all of that, work with a lot of kids that sometimes need me to tell them why I need them. Sure. You know, I'm like, you bring so much to what we do. And the more you sort of wax on with that and you sort of listen to that, you start to think, I'm somebody. You know, I'm, I'm pretty good at what I do, mm-hmm. but I'm not the best. I know there's 10 people in town that are better than me. Sure. Okay. So, so I have to make up with that with working harder yeah. and really being there late and doing all other duties as assigned. Yeah. Yeah. Cliff, we need someone to announce for a volleyball game. Awesome. You know, I can announce a volleyball game. It's very minimal pay, but I'm part of something. Yeah. Right. I'm part of the team. I'm part of the kids. Right. I'm part of winning. And you know, at Apple Valley high school where I work, we just won two men's state championships in the month of March and right. wrestling and basketball. And we didn't have a big celebration for any of that. Uh-huh. This is what we do. Right. You know, so it's it's part of it is learn to tell a story. Yeah. Learn to write. Write, write, write. Write your notes. Put them in your phone. Throw them away. You know, type yourself an email. Write your story. And not just your story. Write the story. And secondly, I think, you know, work hard. Mm-hmm. Put in the hours. If you're like, it's 3.30 in the afternoon. It's ready. For, I can go home now. And right. like, I'm going to go home and do nothing. Or I'm going to go home and mow or work out or whatever, whatever your choice is, you know, I'm often saying, are there kids here waiting still to do something? Mm-hmm. Is there something I could do to help them? And I'm not going out of my way to help them. I mean, I'm not a saint, but I know that 10 minutes with that kid will give them something to get started on versus me sitting at home and, you know, seeing what's on Bravo for right. the first 10 minutes. When I get home, you know? <laughs> Little Andy Cohen. Right. Um, so not to put you on the spot with your kids today, but uh, again, another part of the BizX podcast when we first started was the whole difference of Generation X versus Millennials. Work ethics are different. All, you know, expectations are different. All you, see, you see all day long in headlines everywhere how businesses are changing the way they do business because of the millennial population coming into the workplace. So how is a student different today than they were 20 years ago when I was a student? That's, that's a good question, too, because, the, it, it, again, that certainly changes on your demographics. Yeah. You know, if you're if you're working in a wealthy district and you're working with a lot of kids that have means, you have a different set of expectations of what they want from you. Sure. You know, and they're working in an environment and Egan was that way when you were there. It was yeah. we had a we had a pretty fluent school. I think they still do. And today's kids are more at the end of the day, they're the same kids as they were in the 1950s. Or okay. when I was in school in the 1970s, they try to get away with stuff. Right. They want to be told they're doing a great job. They don't want you to embarrass them in front of a class by uh-huh. calling them wrong. Um, they need to know that you care and that, that you're invested. You're not just putting a PowerPoint up for them to look at. Mm-hmm. 
The big difference is our families and the family structures that were different 20 years ago than they are today. And of course, our demographics play into that, mm-hmm. especially at our school. We, we're the, um, we have the largest minority population in, in the district that I work really? in. Really? I didn't know that. And we're super proud of it. And a lot of people don't know that. Yeah. Or even different, they'll, they'll hear something about the school and they'll have an image and they'll walk in and go, what? Mm-hmm. I mean, we're the largest STEM school in the state of Minnesota. We really did nice with this uh, U.S. government grant of $3 million to okay. build out this lab studio. But so by giving those kids that opportunity, we're seeing the same results from kids we would have 20 years ago. Kids that are engaged. It's the cultural part for us sometimes. Making sure that language isn't a barrier. Making sure that we're sharing images of other cultures with what we're doing so they don't just see our examples are all my culture. Yeah. So it's really being culturally aware, culturally sensitive. Yeah. And once you have that down, it's the same. Yeah. It really is. I mean, yeah. kids are kids. Of course. Of course. I, I still do the marching band and drumline stuff. And right. Kids are kids. It's not going to change at all. But um, So a little bit of a, a transition uh, you lead a, a rock star lifestyle to a degree, uh, do you not? More like a wannabe rock star. Yeah. <laughs> a wannabe rock star. Uh, you do. I don't know what the right term is. Roadie. You do. Uh, what do you? Uh, stagehand. Stagehand. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And it's kind of a cool thing that I got into years ago, twenty years ago. All right. Always wanted to be a, a like a, a rock star, like most men. Of course. From the eighties. Yeah. And roadie didn't look like the best gig. I didn't want to live on a bus with 12 other guys that smell like feet. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I was, or cigarettes. I, I thought that's not the right, the lights I want. So, you know, in every large city, you have this local union. And we have a local union of stagehands. And before I went down and signed up, I wanted to see if I liked it. Right. So I, what would you call that when you, when you jump ship on it? I, I sort of, I was a stowaway with some tour. Okay. We sort of followed a band around. You may have heard of them, Aerosmith. We sort of followed <laughs> a them bit. around like we were dead fans. You know, we were going to follow <laughs> them. And we literally just said, after the show was over, we took our hoodie sweatshirts off that we were wearing, tied them around our waist, pulled out some gloves, and walked backstage like we owned the place. Yeah, right. That confidence of acting like you've been there before, uh-huh. um, not looking scared, and being willing to push a heavy box and do it safely, people didn't look twice at us for a while. Sure. So we got to about the third or fourth city. Okay. And... uh the friend I was doing it with, my buddy TJ, was really into it too, and um, you know, and we got starstruck a little bit because you are around, you know, your 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 idols. Yeah, and he's a huge Aerosmith, a huge Steven Tyler fan. Okay, so part of it is knowing that I didn't just act like I belong there; I felt like I belong mm-hmm. there. So I came back, signed up for the union, and then when a band comes to town, big, small, it could be um, comedians. I worked with the oh, bro- okay. Broken Lizard guys for a while. All right, you know those guys. I don't know. They did Super Trooper and all of those okay. things. Okay. I learned that um, it was I could use my skills in that. So instead of pushing a lot of boxes at rock and roll concerts, yeah. my main job is I get hired by the Convention Center, St. Paul, uh, Wilkins Arena, um, different places to be a video director. Nice. So I get to set up the big boards, and yep. run the equipment, and tech it all out. But I still get that experience. I've worked with some really cool people yeah, that so, sort of come through the back where I'm sitting. Like Hillary Clinton, Senator or <laughs> Secretary Clinton was here this summer and sort of walked by us all. And Chelsea introduced herself. And sure. It's like, well, That's cool. There's someone I just met. Right, know? right. Steven Tyler. Yeah. Oh, I, he's a crazy guy. He seems like a crazy dude. He's, you know, when um, he's up and down, I think, with treatment and okay. up and down all with right. his use. Yep. Um, one, one of my favorite Steven Tyler uh, mentions is we were doing, we, were, we weren't working there yet. We were still clowning around with Aerosmith. And this is about what year? Oh, I suppose uh, late 90s. Okay. Late 90s. 
And they were doing a mic check and they had a peninsula stage where the stage came out like a thrust and yeah. Steven Tyler and Joe Perry sat out there and played a little solo or a little ditty together. And they came out to do sound check. And when they do sound check, they want the room empty. Okay. The only people in the room are the two sound engineers, the main board monitor, or main board operator and the monitor operator. And me and uh, my buddy just sat there and just pretended like we were just pushing the cables around the stage, <laughs> cleaning it up from the beer crowd. And Steven says, hey, you, you can't be in here. To you directly. Yeah. yeah. And I'm on my knees underneath the stage. Like, I'm talking to you. You can't be in here. And I'm just ignoring him because I'm like, I want to hear Steven Tyler right. do this. And he goes, you cheeseburger <laughs> cheeseburger. so i stopped i'm a big guy I'm a, I'm a round fella and i all i could think was he was talking about the blimpy on popeyes you know yeah. they always say if you give me a cheeseburger or a hamburger today i'll pay you on Tuesday. okay <laughs> so i look up and he goes oh, i'm just messing with you saw him a couple times after that in the tour and other tours and he would look at me and he's like i go cheeseburger he goes right yeah cheeseburger, cheeseburger. <laughs> so when you see that but you know i got to i got to hang out with taylor hawkins a little bit from foo fighters when oh, yeah. they came cool. to town and he's actually very chill and, and he's gone through some tough times in his life and okay just like you act like you belong there and i was being employed by at that point um i acted like he was a regular guy mm-hmm. you know and i talked to him like a regular guy i was starstruck but i realized you know though he's got millions of dollars in the bank he's got millions of problems right. to deal with right and I just sort of face it that way. And, and every time I, I have a weird run-in with a celebrity, sometimes it's a funny story. Sometimes it's, it, it isn't. Yeah. But there are stagehands who have been doing this for 40, 50 years that have seen every band. I mean, they worked when Led Zeppelin came through, Pink mm-hmm. Floyd mm-hmm. came through, ACDC. So, mm-hmm. you know, being able to say, you know, Ariana Grande walked by me within six right. feet isn't like, ooh, I had a brush with fame. Right, right. I, I interned at KDWB in college. Wow. Um, I worked in the promotions department, so I was one of the schmucks that would go and you know do a do a live call in at a radio station at Super America or something, and sure. you know calling in and and um, Star Party is always their big concert, right? And worked that did you? Yeah, so they have uh, a lot of a lot of celebrities. Jessica Simpson, um, Janet Jackson. That was the coolest one meeting Janet Jackson. Wow, um, that would have been cool. Uh, what were they called? Oh gosh, they were in the the late '90s Glory boy band days um, from Canada. Uh man, I could sing it, but it'd not be really like, bad. Not like Color Me Bad. Or no, like I think they're two eighties. Um, anyway, but I met it. My, I guess I met a few share. Yeah, a few share of my. Your heart kind of flutter a little bit when oh. you see him because it's kind of well. Surreal. Jessica Simpson. So I was twenty. She probably was around the same age. Right. I'm like, oh my god, that's Jessica Simpson, dude. Nice. Went back to my apartment, told all my buddies. They're like, no way. <laughs> <laughs> and the way they paid us by giving us CDs. Oh, okay. So of course this is like 2000, wow, and CDs like- were still a thing. It wasn't right. any sort of pay for promotions department. So we got all these free free CDs we wanted. It was kind of cool. Sounds like the way they used to do it when they had payola. You know, they would pay off for playing their records. They're oh, just, yeah. Here's our stuff. But good for you. And, you that know, that's kind of cool early on because then you really do find out yeah. people are people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can kind of relate it back even to the media stuff, putting yourself out there and, and um, pretend like you own the place, right? And getting your opportunity. So There's a little bit of that in everything I do. I always think, you know, in the if... If I got a little kernel of it in my back pocket, I yeah. have a backpack full right. of it. There you, know, you go. Like, if there I can go. do it, I can do it well. If I've done it once, I can do it a thousand times. Great advice. Kids of Dodge, listen to this man. He is a, a wealth of knowledge. you want to play a game? Absolutely. I need something. Here we go. This is what we're playing tonight. It's time for Funny Business Headlines with those two guys that talk about business and stuff on the BizX podcast. So, Funny Business Headlines. Um... This is how it works. I have three headlines, and they're kind of funny, I guess. And each headline, then I have three multiple choice questions. I want you to guess what the article is actually about. Got it. Make sense? Yeah, it does. Okay. 
So here's the the first funny business headline. Uh, at U.S. contest, may the smelliest sneaker win. At U.S. contest, may the smelliest sneaker win. Is the article about A, uh, reality game show contestants that get kicked off their show due to their bad-smelling feet. B, about the 42nd annual National Rotten Sneaker Contest. Or C, discussing why Payless shoe stores are going out of business. <laughs> what was the headline again? Uh, headline, uh, at U.S. contest, may the smelliest sneaker win. I got to go with B. B. Uh, ding. I need to get a dinger. Ding, ding, ding. Uh, about the 42nd annual. So seven young contestants uh, from around the United States put their best and smelliest shoe forward at the 42nd National Rotten Sneaker Contest in New York City on Tuesday. Uh, 12-year-old Connor Slocum claimed the first place title for having the worst-smelling sneaker after three prior attempts to win the contest in years past. The four judges of the contest, which held at Ripley's Believe It or Not in Times Square, uh, all cringed at the smell of Slocum's beat-up shoe. Uh, George Aldrich, a chemical specialist at NASA, said Slocum managed to create all the smells he sniffs for in a shoe. Um, techniques for developing the putrid indoor sm- or outdoor smells uh, for wearing socks through mud. Uh, according to the contestants, some of whom traveled to Alaska, Colorado, Illinois, New Mexico to participate in the event. But Slocum walked away with 2500 bucks. Uh, Broadway show tickets. Uh, he'll also be included or inducted into the Odor Eaters Hall of Fumes. You ever heard of that place? No, I have not. <laughs> so, ding, 20 points for the first one. Uh, here's uh, funny business headline number two. This is more of a multiple choice. Thimble, wheelbarrow, boot, kicked out of blank board game. Thimble, wheelbarrow, boot, kicked out of blank board game. Was that A, risk, B, clue, or C, monopoly? Well, I would think it's Monopoly, but I'm surprised that you would get rid of such iconic figures in that game. So but at least they still have right. the Scotty dog. Monopoly. Yeah, totally. Uh, ding, if you have ever wanted a rampage through a game of Monopoly like a dinosaur, you're in luck. Uh, the popular U.S. board game is changing out three of its playing tokens, swapping in a penguin, T-Rex, and rubber ducky for the thimble, wheelbarrow, and boot. Uh, Pot ticket, Rhode Island-based toy maker Hasbro said Friday, the move is part of a broader campaign update the board game based on part uh, votes by consumers during a promotional period earlier this year. Uh, the updated version of the game will be released in August, according to the company. Four classic pieces survived the voting. You said the Scotty Dog, uh, Car, Top Hat, and Battleship, some of which date back as far as the Great Depression. Wow, I didn't know that. Uh, rounding out the new lineup will be a Cat Token, uh, added to the game in 2013 as a replacement for the Flatiron. Uh, players worried that the game's rules may have uh, changed can relax. They haven't. Traditional aim of Dominating cardboard real estate uh, and running your competition, ruining your competition remains the same. So, uh, when's the last time you played Monopoly? Uh, a couple of years ago. My really? kids really like to play. We play on the iPad all the time, actually. Oh, it's, it's a, a lot I faster su- on the I iPad. I suppose everything's on the iPad nowadays. Otherwise, Monopoly takes like three or four hours. Yes, it's play. a long one. Uh, so, 40 points. You're up to 40 points. Uh, let's see if you can sweep category. Last funny business headline Sleepy Colorado Town comes alive during Frozen Dead Guy Days. Sleepy Colorado Town comes alive during frozen dead guy days. Was that about A, a Colorado town that celebrates one of its residents being cryogenically frozen? B, a wild, wild west festival in Colorado which reenacts four grave robbing bandits who froze to death trying to escape the law back in the 1890s? Or C, 
an annual bike rally in Boulder, Colorado, which hosts thousands of attendees each year where the featured drink is a frozen dead guy. It's got to be C. I mean, it's Colorado. (laughs) That's their lifestyle. You know, I put that one in there because you're a bike guy. (laughs) Right. right. It's actually A. Is it really? A Colorado town that celebrates one of its residents being uh, cryologic. I can't say right now. Uh, Help me out. Cryogenically. There we go. Cryogenically frozen. Uh, Every March... Uh, the uh, a corpse from a Norwegian man breathes fresh life into sleepy Netherland, Colorado, where thongs of fun lovers fill the streets for Frozen Dead Guy Days, a festival in honor of the town's most famous resident. Um, the annual three-day festival is the brainchild of a local businesswoman who came up with the whimsical idea 16 years ago as a way to attract visitors to Netherland, uh, where the man's body has laid in, in uh, rest in a shed of all places since 1993. Uh, the event topped her wildest expectations from a modest crowd of about a thousand the first year. The festival now draws close to twenty thousand visitors. Uh, many of them dressed in Halloween costumes as they revel in such quirky events as polar plunge, uh, frozen salmon toss, musical acts, and so on and so forth. But um, once the festival ends, fifty-nine-year-old Brad Wickham will resume his job as the caretaker for the body. Every two weeks, get this, hauling in one thousand pounds of dry ice carbon dioxide in solid form to basically pack the corpse i, w- I wonder if he would have won the smelliest shoe <laughs> you, know? you would think right you would think so you, oh, oh let's see you got first one right second one right third one wrong so you got 40 points two for three two for three not bad that's hall of fame numbers congratulations that's awesome uh have you did you listen to the other episode where we had the the headlines i did I did you did. get it right um i thought so you know i wasn't sure if it was like the obvious choice or the funny choice right and then i started going with my gut and then I was right. Every and then time you're I went right. with my gut, I was right. That's cool. Um, so, whoops. That's fun, though. I, I like that. That was uh, just doing that and then having the facts after it. Our athletic director would do that sometimes where he would do, when kids were signing for colleges, yeah. he would read these weird facts about the college. And, <laughs> and it was really funny versus just the standard fact, you know, what they've lettered in and what right. they're doing in. Right. So that's enhancement. Right. Um, so thanks for playing. Thank you. Thanks for being here, of course. Uh, we're going to start to wrap some things up. Um, quick little plug for the upcoming couple of weeks. Next week, we're going to have our buddy. His name is Ben Bina. Uh, we'll we'll uh, tease it on Twitter. Uh, he's going to talk insurance with us. Tannen, as you heard in the voicemail earlier, we'll be back. Um, any last words of advice to the uh, the masses listening? You know, wear your sunscreen. You know, <laughs> And they're saying with all the UV stuff that's going on, wear your sunscreen. And, you know, just... Uh, Keep your chin up. Even if you're having a really tough day, you know that someone else has it worse than you. There you go. And you just keep your chin up. Hey, great to see you. Good to see you. Thanks so much for coming Love in. Love having you, man. Uh, thanks. Here. Yeah, let me know if I can do anything for you down the road. Thanks for listening to the BizX podcast. Uh, again, check us out on all platforms. We will see you very soon in approximately six days. Thank you for streaming the BizX podcast, part of the Launch Your Message Network. In the meantime... Follow us on Twitter at BizXPodcast. That's at BizXPodcast. And through our website at www.bizxpodcast.com.